The advice in this podcast is general in nature and does not constitute medical advice. Always consult your doctor if you are concerned about your child's health. We recommend always following the safe sleep guidelines. In the spirit of reconciliation, Dr. Fallon and Dr. Laura acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and the continuation of cultural, spiritual and and educational practices of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. They pay respects to the elders past and present and recognise that sovereignty was never ceded. Hello. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Um, we're back again with our, this is our third episode of Brand New Little People. And we're coming to you from somewhere a bit different this time. We, we've hired this awesome little mm-hmm. Airbnb in a tiny little country town. Um, yeah, lovely out in the countryside. And, uh, you know, funnily, we, one of the questions we had submitted this week from the parents, a few different parents asked us this, as, you know, the parents who were enrolled in our Sombell online sleep clinic were asking questions about crying and how to manage that. And you have a bit of a funny story because last <laughs> yes. night you didn't have the best night's sleep. No, I didn't. So I'm having a weekend away um, <laughs> to work with you, Fallon. So it's, it's a work weekend, yeah. but still a weekend away nonetheless from my own children. Yeah. Um, uh, however, unbeknownst to me, when we booked this Airbnb, it adjoins another building um, in which resides a very unsettled baby who was crying all night long. So I felt very sorry for the parents and the poor little um, toddler who was very upset. Um, but anyway, it has um, it brought back, uh, not not sure if it's fond memories of when my own <laughs> children were that old. But, um, but were you lying there thinking, at least I don't have to get out of bed? Yes, it wasn't yeah. my problem to deal with. <laughs> Oh, that's always nice. All right. So you're functioning on not a whole lot of sleep, but at least you will be able to relate to the pains of the parents who are doing some bowel or coming to the clinic with with very broken, broken nights. Um, So crying, I suppose, like we we do get a lot of questions about this. We get a lot of emails about it as well. Um, I think especially in that kind of newborn to three month kind of age bracket um, where crying can just be, well, it can be incredibly distressing because I think mm. for so many parents, we feel like it's our job to prevent or stop all crying. So if your baby's crying, often it it almost feels like, well, it feels like failure. It, obviously, mm. it's not failure. Mm-hmm. But as a parent, when you when you're being shouted at by the the thing you love more, you know, most in the world, mm-hmm. it feels. I don't know. It's hard to put it into words, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's one of the main ways that you're baby has to communicate with you Mm. and so it does feel in those early days as you're getting to know your baby that this little person is trying to tell you something rather urgently yeah and you're running through your checklist of things that could possibly be that this little one is trying to tell you Mm. and when you've gone through that checklist and you think well they've got a clean nappy I know I just fed them I know I've burped them I know they're warm know that there's nothing bothering them they're not in pain they're not teething you've gone through all of those things and they're still crying you're wondering well what's left what are they communicating what are they trying to tell me and if you can't understand if you feel like you can't understand that then you can feel that you're failing because you're and yeah your child's trying to tell you something and as your as their parent 
you're not able to work out what it is. Yeah, and extra hard when you, you know, go out and see other parents with their babies who are just like happy. Yes. <laughs> and so easily soothed because some babies are, you know, it's almost like they're born smiling. They are so chipper. They are, I always think of them as being quite resilient babies. Like it doesn't matter what you do. They're happy. Yeah. They go with the flow. Nothing's, you know, a bother to those babies. And then there are babies down the other side of things where everything is a challenge, where mm. they really struggle with changes. Um, you know, sometimes we just don't know what sets them off, but mm-hmm. they, I often call them the sort of high criers, the ones where, you know, you, you try every trick in the book, but they just cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they yeah. cry so, so, so much. And yeah, like you're saying, it's so challenging as a parent when you feel like there must be something I'm missing. But the reality is some babies just cry a lot. Mm -hmm. You're not missing anything. You're doing an absolutely amazing job of parenting because you are thinking about all the things that could possibly be and Mm, you're trying every trick in the book. There was a study a few years ago and you know what I'm like, I'm terrible at remembering the names of of the authors of these big studies. Um, But it actually showed that Parents of babies who cry a lot spend far more time nurturing and connecting with their babies Mm. and cuddling their babies and holding their babies than other parents. So it's not for lack of trying. Some babies just cry a lot. Um, Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Because if you're thinking to yourself as a parent, I'm I'm not doing enough, actually the research evidence would probably show you're doing a hell of a lot more yes. than average because you have a child that cries above average yeah a lot more and it's hard I mean it's hard it's hard on your hearing <laughs> yes <laughs> it's really hard on your back too when you're spending a lot of time holding a really unsettled baby um, and usually it's the unsettled babies who are waking up a lot they might be really hard to settle for sleep as well so often you've got a lot of crying in the daytime but then a lot of nighttime wakes as well um, but yeah, I suppose, you know, in this episode, we can kind of dig into that a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, let's talk about that period of purple crying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's getting a bit more well known, but I'm still surprised by how many parents um, hear about it for the first time from us. Yeah. Um, they've yeah, just never heard too. of it before. Um, but I think it's really powerful having that knowledge about the purple crying curve. Do you want to talk a little bit about... Um, you know, well, for starters, like, when do we typically see that increase in? Yeah, so um, what we tend to see um, in majority of babies is that across the first three, even four months of age, the amount of crying that they um, experience during the day increases um, until it reaches its peak, often somewhere around six weeks of age um, and that would be the point at which a baby cries the most that they are going to ever cry um, mm. across the day and after it's reached that peak the cur- they tend to come down the other side of the curve and the amount that they cry um, each day slowly gets less and less. Yeah yep gradually sort of reduces towards that mm. that four month mark. Yeah, and so, you know, the whole idea of purple crying, the purple part of it is actually a bit of an acronym. Mm. Um, And this was all sort of developed by Dr. Ronald Barr. Um, He was a developmental paediatrician who 
uh, you know, really studies sort of infants that cry. Um, and really interestingly, he found that all breastfed animals have this period of crying um, early oh, on. Yeah, that's so it's not just us humans, it's, it's other species as well. Um, so, you know, that, that purple acronym, the P, it's for that peak of crying. Um, you know, some babies will cry two hours per day, but some um, cry a lot more than that. The U in the purple is about how it's unexpected. So your baby might be completely fine and then all of a sudden, here comes the mm. crying. <laughs> so it can come out of nowhere with no sort of apparent reason. I think that often really surprises parents. They were fine and then... They were fine. Yeah, what did you do? Just, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, the R in purple is that it resists soothing. And I think this is a really mm. important one that... You know, you can do everything. You can work through your crying checklist and they're fed, they've had a sleep, they've been cuddled, they're not unwell. You can go through all of those things, but sometimes crying just persists and we, we just don't understand why. Yeah. Um, some people say there's no such thing as unsoothable crying, um, but... Tell I mean, that to a parent yeah. who's had their baby <laughs> up on their shoulder, yeah. uh, rocking from side to side, and then they've walked up and down the corridor, and then yeah. they've put the baby in the pram and pushed yes. it back and forth. The 4am walk. Yes. <laughs> had a few parents do that because it's just <laughs> yeah. the only thing that works. Yeah, and even putting yeah. baby in the car in the middle of the night because they're so... They've tried everything. They've tried everything. Yeah. I mean, that's unsoothable. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, so, yeah, I think you and I, we tend to kind of believe the parents yeah. when they're telling us it's really unsuitable. Um, yeah, we listen to the parents on that one. Um, so, yeah, it can resist no matter what you're trying. Um, the the other P in purple is for that pain-like face. So mm. often in these babies, their face does look like they're in pain. So they can really scrunch up their face, go really red or really purple. Often they're pulling their, their knees up to their chest as well. Um, it can feel extremely intense. Um, the L is for the long lasting. So as we're saying, you know, some babies, it might only be that they cry a little bit each day, but some can cry for five hours a day or more. Or more and yeah. this is the real, the, the staggering thing is that they can cry for five hours or more per day when there's absolutely no medical cause that can be mm. identified. So, you know, when babies are crying that much, as parents, we should take them to the doctor, get everything checked out. Yeah. Um, but for some babies, there really is just no identifiable cause. Um, and often, you know, this is where the E in purple comes in, is that that crying often centres in the evening. So we all hear about like the witching hour. Yeah. I know in my household it went from about 4pm to 9pm. Yes. <laughs> so it's more than one hour. Um, often this purple crying you get in the first few months really, really centres in the evening in particular. And I think a lot of parents are probably listening going, mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. And that is really so much more challenging because in the evening, everyone's mm. starting to get a bit tired. Yes, you've got the grumpy toddlers. If you've got a toddler, they're cranky. They want yep. food, they need their sleep. Yeah, part, yeah. If part one partner's out at work or both partners have been yeah. out at work. It's the end. Yeah, and then um, and everyone to do is just like, you want the baby asleep, you want to sit on the couch, you've got Netflix <laughs> yeah. on. Yeah, it's it's really tough. But but the really important thing is that there is a full stop at the end of that purple acronym, which is to signify that it does have an end. So yes. purple crying won't last forever. You're going to feel like you're really in the trenches. It's mm -hmm. really hard. 
Um, but once you hit that peak, it does start to calm down again. So even if you're having a really rotten time, it's so important to keep in mind that it's not your fault. It's not inadequate parenting. You know, no. you're, you're doing everything that you can, but some crying will be unsoothable, but it does resolve. Yeah, and I think, Fallon, it's really important for us to um, just highlight here that if your child is um, crying inconsolably and you have tried everything and you are really feeling that you're at the end of your tether Mm. that the best thing that you can do is pop your baby down somewhere safe like their bassinet or cot Mm. um, and and step away yeah yeah Yeah. if you're really not coping step away and and ask someone else to come in and give you some support Um, yeah that's a really really important Mm. message Um, I think also really important to keep in mind that you know we do hear a lot of parents saying you know we thought it was purple crying and then it turned out to actually was this really serious mm. problem mm-hmm. if you have taken your doctor to the gp you've taken your, your doctor baby. i mean you can take your doctor to the gp <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how that will work out <laughs> if you've taken your baby to their doctor um and they say everything's fine and you just think in your gut no that it's not it's just not you know yes. as a parent sometimes you have a gut feeling and you just think, no, there is more to this. We know yeah. that from yeah. our babies that had allergies and reflux. Um, so often it just can be really hard to be taken seriously yeah. as a, a mother turning up um, to see your doctor. So if you feel like you're not being listened to and there is something more to your baby's crying, do not stop advocating for your baby. Go talk to another doctor, talk to a different health nurse if you need to. Um, just keep persisting with that because I, I'm a big believer that parents have that gut gut feeling sometimes and mm. it's important to follow that up as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you don't want to um, feel like you're being dismissed yeah. um, and if you need to get a second or third opinion, then do it. Mm. There's um, not going to be any prizes um, for not following your gut. Um, and um, the worst that can happen is that someone accuses you of um, just being over, an oversensitive parent. And hey, I'm happy to be called yeah, an oversensitive parent <laughs> if it means that I am them confident that my yeah. child is safe and well. Yeah. Um, then that's what I'd prefer to do. Um, and if they a doctor does find um, an underlying cause for your baby's crying, mm. um, then that unconsolable crying is going to resolve pretty damn quick yeah exactly and if there is that medical cause for your baby's crying once you treat that cause that's when you're going to get better sleep Mm -hmm. easier settling things can really start to improve so definitely you know follow your parenting instincts on that one follow your gut um yeah but hopefully i think for most parents just knowing that purple crying is a thing yes (laughs) it's very I I think it's really reassuring definitely a lot of yeah I don't know what parents say to you but a lot of parents say to me that it just feels like a bit of a relief and a Mm -hmm. bit of that parenting guilt goes away that this is actually something a lot of babies go through yeah parents have been through this and it does eventually resolve yeah Mm. all right on that note we're going to finish up for the week and uh thanks for joining in yeah thank you bye-bye bye If you need help with your baby's sleep or settling, then you need Sombell. Sombell is Australia's first online paediatric sleep clinic for babies aged 0 to 12 months. 
It contains all the best resources from Dr. Fallon and Dr. Laura's sleep clinics, so you can rest easy and so can your baby. To find out more, click the link in the show notes or visit sombell.infantsleep.com.au.